0: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Roost Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spires, here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the founder and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for rice sports news and analysis. Uh, So that happened. It really happened.
1: Yeah, in real life. They just had to switch stadiums to go beat the Blazers on the road. That's what it was. Legion Field was no good.
0: Yeah. Um... Well, yeah, Legion Field is no good. We could say that uh, that (laughs) could have a lot of different meanings. Touche. But Rice, yeah, gives UAB its first home conference loss since they restarted the program. And uh, you know, like we were saying before point. (laughs) Yeah, we were saying before we started the show. Like, if you just if you went to me back in August and said, okay, after seven games, Rice is going to be three and four they'll be two and one in the conference. Uh, You know, they lost to the power five programs into Houston and they, they beat Southern Miss and Texas Southern. And then they split the UAB and UTSA games. I would have been like, Oh, that's great. Like, like maybe not the very best possible outcome, but like a pretty good one. Like, like definitely, you know, on the, the higher end of the like realistic or the, the more optimistic end of like realistic projections, perhaps. Um, but the way they've gotten there has just been so like Schizophrenic? It's been a roller coaster. Spastic? I like I, I don't know. I don't know even know what to call it. Like this I, I I cannot make heads or tails of this team. But here we are for the second straight year, you know, celebrating an incredible, like twenty plus point road upset for Rice over a conference favorite.
1: Yeah, and in, in the midst of all of this, Rice has now won, I think, the, the number is seven out of their last 11 conference games. Uh, and two of those seven wins came as 23-plus point underdogs on the road without their starting quarterback and five defensive starters. And Brad Rosner did not play in either game. <laughs> uh, like, this is the thing. The thing it's about so this weird. team... We say all these things in on paper, and if you just look at the stat sheet, you're like, how is this not, like, the golden age of <laughs> Rice football? Like, they're doing everything right. Oh, I mean,
0: this is the first time they've had three wins before November since 2015. Like, the first time, like, over 500 in conference play right now, three games in, uh, like... Man, if they beat North Texas next next week, they'll be four and four. They'll be two wins away from bowl eligibility. And yet we've spent half the season being like, oh, God, what's wrong with this team? Everything's terrible. So it's like
1: and if they beat North Texas, adding two interesting streaks at that point, it will be eight of 12 conference wins. And they will have not North Texas. They will have uh, secured that North Texas will not go bowling twice in the past three years. And. (laughs) Four years ago, North Texas was the cream of the crop and the gold standard yeah. in the West. Well, maybe UAB was still the standard, but North Texas was 1B.
0: Extremely good, yeah.
1: Yeah. Just. So, yeah.
0: Uh, I, I, and I I have no idea what, what, we, what the deal is with this team. It's we're really
1: exactly serious. as exasperated as we were last week, but it's good <laughs> this yeah. time. Yeah, it's it's wild because I was uh, I was chatting with somebody uh, earlier today after the game and they said, you know, Matthew, you called it. And I was like, I called what? Uh, they said on your preview. <laughs> and I went back and I looked and I, I think I posted it uh, on on uh, social media yesterday, the day before. Uh, but I just took the snippet from the, the preview I wrote about the UAB game. And I, I, I did all the comparisons, right, of the backup quarterback, five defensive starters missing, 23-point underdogs. And I paralleled it to the game before uh, that. going into the Marshall game was uh, North Texas in 2020. And Rice just got whipped by a team that <laughs> just yeah. was better than them in every phase of the game last year against North Texas and just looked really bad. And then they came out and did this. And I said, I'm not saying that's going to happen. But I said, don't be surprised if a good Rice team shows up against UAB because they've literally done this before, less than a year ago. Um, And they did. So now we know what this team now it's it's I guess it's more pressure. Maybe pressure is not the right word, but uh, that there's no more, uh, you know, wiggle room, because up until this point, we'd seen, uh, you know, a pretty good offensive showing against Texas Southern. We saw the defense have some good moments. Uh, against uh, Southern Miss, uh, the special teams. At, this was probably the best special teams performance yet. Yeah. And that includes a missed PAT. Uh, <laughs> but we've now seen what it looks like when every phase plays. Like, I'm not even going to say excellent. Um, they certainly weren't perfect on any, like, the missed extra point. Uh, the offense, um, 2.9 yards per carry was probably the, the, the one bugaboo I have with the offensive showing uh, and the defense, you know, they had some big chunk plays uh, coming against them. So it wasn't perfect. Those were the, the maybe the few negatives <laughs> that we can count from this game. Um, but, you know, now we've seen if a if that was a a very good performance from all three phases and they beat. I, I don't know, one of the two best teams in the conference, man, then shoot, if they can get 50 percent of that. How do they not beat North Texas handily? How do they not beat several teams left on their schedule?
0: Yeah. Like, there's no reason, like, I I am not going to make any predictions, honestly, for any individual game, because we have seen this team play at this level, and we've seen them play uh, at a much worse level. And at this point, it's hard to know week to week which version of this team you're going to get. But like, if they are able to approach this standard, like... None of the teams remaining on the schedule are teams they can't beat. Like, Western Kentucky is going to be tough, but like, they're like, the I mean, what are the four other teams they play? It's North Texas, Louisiana Tech, uh, UTEP, and Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Like, they can beat all of those teams if they play like this. And now we know it.
1: That's the, fr- <laughs> the, the yeah. pot- potentially frustrating part. If they didn't have this game and they lost to UAB, kind of uh, like a lot of people expected them to, then we're like, you know, maybe they're just not not as good as we wanted them to be. But now we know they can be. So yeah, the the secret is out. Um, and I guess as good as they were, I it feels like Groundhog Day. But when we when we turn and look at the the UAB game in particular, we have to start with Wiley Green, right? Like
0: yeah, what like. And it's funny, you can make all the comparisons, but, like, the the way this game and the Marshall game went is, like, really totally different in terms of, you know, what what won Rice the game. Like, in that game, they got five turnovers. Like, the offense essentially did nothing in that game, which One was fine. One touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, the offense wasn't incredible this game, but... They just continually made the plays they needed to. That was what so, was so impressive. And I have to, like, in a year where I've had, I don't know, i I feel like I've had as many criticisms of this rights coaching staff this year as I have, in, like all the others combined. But I have to give them so much credit for going for all those fourth downs yeah, because that's five how, like,
1: for five if if you weren't looking at the game notes, five fourth down conversions.
0: Like, that is how you win a game like this when you're a big underdog like that. You have to play aggressive. You have to value each possession more than anything. Like, you can't afford to give up possessions and surrender them to the other team. And you have to take the chances that are there and do in those situations what, you know, is going to be the thing that adds the most sort of win probability for you. And that almost always is going for it. And they did that over and over and over again. They did not back down. They did not chicken out. They did not give in to the moment and blank. They went yeah. for it. And, and, they,
1: and it was more than just sheer, um, like, the aggressiveness was there. But I think back to the opening series of the game, and uh, they had a couple plays, and then they got into—it was fourth and seven— and they and it was kind of like I don't know if you had this feeling but I kind of had in my head I'm like oh no <laughs> they yeah. lined up to punt that was their opportunity they got the return all the way to the 50 yard line you're like this is it and then they punted from midfield and you're just yeah. like if you can't score then like wh- how is this game going to go right um but they got the running into the kicker that 5 yard penalty and in the thing that I think that we've seen from this team that has been um the The frustrating piece is is not that they haven't had moments where they've been aggressive and it's looked like they were very intentional about things, is that when they've had that opportunity present itself, that if you make a play here, you change the game. They haven't made those plays. They haven't seized those key opportunities. It's not just going forward on fourth down, but really having that chance to like we talked all week about scoring first. And to be able to do that and have two fourth down conversions on the same drive um, and put it in the end zone was was huge.
0: Yeah. And it was like so Bill Connolly at ESPN tweeted out his post-game win expectancy stats for a no for some notable games this week. And I asked him to to what it was for Rice UAB. And he said Rice's post-game win expectancy, and for a refresher, that's If you just looked at sort of the predictive stats that his metrics consider and you only looked at those and you didn't look at the score and you said, you know, what is the chance that a game that went like this with this team having these stats and this team having these stats that the winning team would have won the game? And for Rice, it was 5%, which makes sense when you look at the fact that like UAB averaged 10 yards a pass and six yards a carry and the the turnover margin was even and like... You would probably say that, like, on a down-to-down, play-to-play basis, Rice got pretty notably outplayed on, on like, a per-play basis against UAB here. But when the time came to make the important plays, Rice was 6-of-16 on third down, which is not fantastic, but it's better than UAB's 2-of-9, and they were 5-of-5 on fourth down, and UAB was 1-of-3. And then, like, you consider things like, my favorite part of this game, and it's very weird for me to say a long field goal drive was my (laughs) favorite part of the game, but early in the fourth quarter, they just get that stop on downs at their own 20, they go on a 71-yard drive that burns eight minutes off the clock, and then they kick that field goal, and yeah, you hate having to settle for the field goal, but that does put you up two scores, which made a difference. So to see them, like they absolutely in that moment, you know, UAB had closed the margin to 27 to 21 and you couldn't not score there. You couldn't have a drive that burned off like five minutes and didn't get a score because there's too much time left to just consider burning that clock to be a victory. But to burn all that time of that clock and get that score when you absolutely had to have something in that moment, was huge. And so to me, like that post game win expectancy doesn't say to me that Rice, well, that this was like a fluke or something like that, that they got lucky that there were, you know, bizarre plays that went their way that shouldn't have. It wasn't one of those kind of games like a, I don't know, Alabama Ole Miss in 2015 when the ball bounces off the receiver's helmet into another receiver's hand. Like it, it wasn't that sort of <laughs> thing, right? It was Rice in the high-pressure moments when they absolutely had to do something, did. And when UAB had those moments, even though, you know, they had long drives and scored quick touchdowns and stuff like that, and generally played well in the, like, run of the game, when UAB absolutely had to have a play, they didn't make those plays. So...
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think something was interesting, watching that game, uh, the... In the trenches, which if we're talking about intellectual brutality, uh, the Rice defensive line, uh, which was missing uh, at least two starters, whipped the UAB offensive line. There were so many holding calls in that game because that's all the offensive line could do to Try and get a some sort of open pocket for Dylan Hopkins to make throws, Um, and on the other side of the ball, the offensive line after it being noticeably dreadful uh, against UTSA protected. It was the best game they've played all all season, and not being an offensive line guru, but just watching them open up holes for the running game and Wiley not getting hit when he threw the football like at, at all. So those two things, and I thought it was interesting because I thought UAB. Uh, as the game went on, made some they had hit some big plays through the air, um, but several of those balls were like underthrown and behind receivers, <laughs> and I thought coverage on of them was kind of all right, and the receiver kind of had to go back behind the defender. And had the ball been put in front, <laughs> it was just kind of like strange. Like, yeah, they hit them, but I yeah, kind of felt the same the, way uh, about last year. I didn't the, feel like like Texas Southern. I thought. There was just way too much cushion, and uh, the right. secondary was getting eaten alive. This game, I thought coverage was was pretty good, and the kind of the receivers just made some strange plays, good plays.
0: Yeah. I, I it's one of my least favorite things in football to watch an offense run the like all bad throws offense and continually like get catches because like the receiver's in position or the the DB is in position and the receiver like. It comes back to the ball, and, like, if it had been a well-thrown ball, it would have not been complete. Um, So, yeah, it, it like, this was not a game where, even though you would say that, like, maybe on a down-to-down basis, Rice got outplayed. This, like, they didn't steal this one. Like, they, or, or I guess you could say they did, but, like, it was their own, they took it. It wasn't well, UAB giving this game away. Rice took the game.
1: I would agree and I would I would have one one caveat that I think is super important that you know this is a game that Rice had to bring their A game if they were going to stand a chance yeah to beat UAT U, UAT UAB in Birmingham in, in like they haven't hadn't lost a a home conference game uh since 2014 going back to before the program was shut down like so, and they've played some good teams in yeah. Birmingham. So it, it took Rice had to be great to to make this a competition because if Rice had not been great and they had just been okay, like if Rice goes three for five on on fourth down, they don't win this game. Yeah. Like if Rice if the fake punt that Rice calls gets stopped and UAB gets set up in positive territory in a uh they were winning 14-13 at that point. Rice doesn't win this game. like, And and that's not to say that Rice, like you said, it wasn't Rice getting lucky. Uh, there's some luck in there, but it was a lot of just good teams, su- surprisingly enough, just execute. And they find themselves getting in that you know lucky side of the column more often than not. <laughs> you, I, I kind of felt uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, uh, Batman lately, so I, I kind of thought <laughs> back to, to to Two-Face of you make your own luck. That's kind of what I, I had that going through my head as Rice was playing this game, uh, because I thought it was interesting. If you just look at a um, I'm pulling up the national uh, leaders for for fourth down conversions. Um, and if you want to find, let's see, uh, the the best fourth down offenses in the country. Um, it, just for the whole season, Air Force, Air Force, that you, they're they're just. You know, trying to convert, what, 4th and one, fourth and 2 all the time? Yeah. 80%. 20 of 25 on the season. Yep. Uh, Army, again, yep. that triple option. You think the be- this is literally the offense designed to get one yard. Right. 18 of 24, 75%. <laughs> like, Cincinnati is 5 for 5 for the year, and Coastal is 6 for 6 for the year. Nobody converts five fourth downs in a game. I literally cannot think of another instance ever watching football.
0: Um, I'm trying to remember what the exact number was. The only one that comes to mind is that 2007 LSU Florida game where they had the like where Jacob Hester converted like three of them on that one drive. But I don't remember whether it was they were five for five in the game or something like that, but that was. I mean, and hey, that is like widely celebrated as one of the greatest college football games oh, ever.
1: wow. So you found it. Five for five.
0: Yeah, there we go. Exactly. You
1: <laughs> found. I will have to pass that along. So that was 2007. So it happens once every 14 years.
0: <laughs>
1: and LSU, LSU won that game by four.
0: Yeah. And they wouldn't have won it had they not had the guts to go. I mean, it was uh, it was less miles. So, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like that was that was crazy. The execution was 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 incredible and impeccable. And I was so so just (laughs) flabbergasted, honestly, I was uh, but there were never a point where it felt like uh, it it felt very controlled um, at the same time. Like it it wasn't when Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss played Alabama a couple weeks ago and Lane just decided we're just going to go for it on fourth down all the time. Like, there were several fourth downs, you're like, oh, okay. Like, I get that this might, you know, be the optimal math decision, maybe. But it kind of feels like you're just winging it. Um, I never got that feeling here. It was very, very much so. The offense was working. It was gaining yards, and it was in the flow yeah. of the game. Um, And it worked, by golly. Um, and it worked because, because Wiley Green... <laughs> the uh scout team quarterback turned starter turned uh scout teamer turned starter turned uh third stringer turned starter did i get all that correctly
0: uh yeah Whoever I, he is i have no idea if that is the correct number of scout team to starter to scout team cycles but uh th- there were at least a few of them so
1: yeah wiley green Gets into this game. It had just been I, I had been cleared to return to practice right before the UTSA game. Um, maybe maybe got an A practice that week. I, I don't don't quite recall. But um, well, of course, knocked out of the Texas game. Uh, been sitting on the sideline for the past couple weeks. Comes in and goes 17 for 22 for 205 yards and three touchdowns.
0: Yeah, he had a QBR, and and that's ESPN's proprietary stat that's on a zero to one hundred scale that purports to like you know cover all the aspects of the game. QBR ninety two point six, which I'm <laughs> fairly comfortable saying is like the best by a Rice quarterback in uh, probably since like Chase Clement. I don't know if they've gone back and recalculated that metric for those games, but uh, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah,
1: I I have Wiley Green now through all of, I guess, dating back from starts from 2018 to 2021. Um, I guess actually not all of these are starts. Uh, Some of these are partial games at this point. But Wiley Green has appeared in 15 games. Uh, He completed 77.3% of his passes on Saturday. How many games do you think in Wiley Green's career? Has he completed more than 65% of his passes and 65 is like,
0: yeah, yeah. I was going to, I was going to say, I I would be surprised if like, I doubt there are that many where he's completed more than 60. Yeah. Uh, Two, I would
1: (laughs) two and the other one, he went five for six against Texas on a drive and a half
0: before being injured. So I have to to do a quick correction here. I forgot that Mike Collins being about Mike Collins being absolutely incredible against Southern Miss last year. He had a 93.2, but still.
1: Okay. So but think about how
0: happy we were with Rice's passing game last year when Collins was a quarterback and Wiley green, Wiley green did that on Saturday against UAB. Yeah.
1: And here's the crazy part. So 17 for 22, right? He started the game one for three for five yards. He finished the game. Are you sitting down? Wiley Green went 16 for 18 for 203 touchdowns to finish the game. (laughs) (laughs) And, and. How in the world? Zero, zero interceptions. And you can tell by his completion percentage, you know. It, Wiley has made some questionable throws in the past that <laughs> might not have been interception, but might might not have been should not ought to have been thrown. That's a lot two incompletions. After the, uh, the first drive of the game.
0: And it's not like it was entirely a dink and dunk passing game either. Like there were some there were some long ones in there. They like, they, just...
1: they hit every they hit uh, the 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 slant just ate UAB alive all day. There was a, a good yeah. amount of yak yardage there. Uh, they hit a couple deep shots. They hit several in the intermediate level of the field. Um, and in every you single started that, start that
0: glance route RPO really well. Yeah,
1: just he did everything right. This this was the Wiley Green that we were kind of like anxiously hoping we would see. In, I guess, going into 2019?
0: Yeah, well, and, and what we thought we might have, I don't know, like three quarters into this season when he looked so good at the start against Arkansas. Like, he didn't look this good then, but, like, he he had made some plays. We were like, okay, okay, well, maybe, maybe this is a thing now. But, uh, yeah, to see him, like, to not only see this team as a whole... Put together that performance, but to see Wiley with the lights that bright play like that and, you know, he had a lost fumble like he did. It wasn't perfect, like although he did get sacked five times now that I'm looking at it. so it,
1: And that was the weirdest. That was a I'm going to throw the ball into the dirt to ground it. But I decided not to yeah. after starting the. It was it was a weird sequence. I, I kind of thought, and that was reviewed. I'm like that kind of. I thought that was an incomplete pass, um, but they called it a fumble. So I, I guess I can see it, but I don't know. It, it was yeah. it was not good. But of the Wiley uh, poor decisions that we've seen, yeah, I was it wasn't less bothered. it
0: wasn't what we've seen from him before, <laughs> which is just kind of absolutely self-destructing with the moment yeah. up. It, like this time, the moment was huge, and he just made play after play after play. It, it was it was incredible i I never would have expected this from him like i it's it was awesome
1: so uh i, I, I we'll break some news here and I'll get your reaction. uh Wiley Green is the starting quarterback this weekend against North Texas. Uh, Constantine is back at practice, but uh Bloomberg is riding with the hot hand. How do you feel?
0: I mean Do that again, Why? Like, we have seen (laughs) seen (laughs) this season, like, for basically all four quarters against UAB and for three against Arkansas, like, aside from the Texas Southern game, which, again, was against one of the worst teams in all of Division I, aside from that, the best this Rice offense has looked this season has been this game against UAB and those first couple of quarters against Arkansas, like when he was consistently like making plays down the field to August Pete, like, so if he can, you know, just keep the, the turnovers for coming from coming back, like I think it's very easy to make the argument that he is the quarterback that gives this offense its highest ceiling. And they, they desperately need this offense to keep producing at this level in order to finish out their season strong and go to a bowl. So um you know it's it's not where we thought we'd be after
1: how much of this season has gone according to plan? Quote, yeah, quote. no.
0: <laughs> but I mean after that performance like you almost have to, right? I I I don't, I don't know, but
1: I I I think and we hadn't we haven't brought up Luke McCaffrey's name at all. But I, I think we have to, at least in, in in brief, and he came into the game. He had a couple plays that were his uh, very uh, uh, niche, uh, the kind of read option yeah. and kind of some option plays and things like that. But Wiley Green, and I, I was having the most terrible deja vu moments. Uh, I, what was it? It would have been middle of the second quarter, I believe. Wiley Green uh, left the game briefly. Uh, with a, an injury. And I wasn't sure what was going on or if he was coming back in. Uh, I was like, we've done this already. We've done this several times, please, please be okay. Uh, and he did come back in, but in the time that he was out, I think McCaffrey had two full drives with the offense and uh, did not complete a pass and fumbled and turned the ball over to UAB. Um and I think at this point he's McCaffrey's now thrown three pick sixes. Uh, does he have any other fumbles?
0: I, yeah, I mean the. So I should add that one of those one of those five sacks was on him. That was on the fumble. So okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that you know for whatever reason just honestly, probably that they're not comfortable with him running the offense yet, which is fine because like,
1: well, and I don't think it's, it's even that as much. I think he's not comfortable. Like our, our kind of question going in was like, he's clearly the most athletically gifted, like maybe player on campus. But if he, we, we don't know what's going on in his helmet and and between his ears and, and how comfortable he is. And I think what we've seen so far I mean, in practice, he looks incredible. He flashes and he makes the right reads and everything is gravy. But when he's got onto the field against other, you know, I mean, he did this against Big Ten. It doesn't make any sense, but he just it it hasn't been there. Um, That's not to say he can't get there. I I think he can. And honestly, a year under Wiley Green might be really good for him.
0: Uh, But right
1: now, he's not the best option.
0: No, I think it's pretty clear at this point that barring an absolutely massive, you know, and sometimes that just happens, right? Like, for a guy that's due to assist, like, sometimes you can just have a moment in the season where the light turns on, and maybe that happens, and if it does, then, like, obviously he is your highest upside play, but I think it's pretty clear at this point that if he's not turning the ball over consistently, Wiley is the quarterback that runs this offense the best, and not just in the, like, I don't know, like game managery type sense of like, oh, he gets the protections right, and he makes the right checks, and he, you know, takes care of the ball, whatever. Like, not you know, not your like, you know, two thousand five quarterback game manager type stuff. Like, this offense makes explosive plays in the passing game when Wiley is a quarterback, which hasn't really happened very much when they've had other guys there. So, in, in my
1: my hesitancy in is. I I don't disagree with anything that that you've said. Uh, I am hesitant about the move away from Jake Constantine because in the sample size we've seen of of Constantine, he has played really well. He's at seventy what three plus percent completion uh, percentage on, on in two starts. Um, has commanded the offense well was it was at the helm against texas southern and southern miss Uh, worst teams than uib but uh, executed well and and produced big plays Uh, i i it's it's i hate that that we're in we're in this situation again for the coaching staff having to make a decision and just to be here because like i don't disagree with you but Like uh, we've seen, we've seen Wiley just make the play that loses the game several times. And we haven't seen that from Jake. And maybe that's just, Jake has had a two game sample size against arguably the two worst teams that Rice has played in two years. Uh, So maybe that's what it is. But, and, and Wiley's a captain and I, I don't know. I like, I, I can, I, I understand why they're going back to Wiley, but I, I want, I would love to be, to be my, I would like my fears to be assuaged and to prove that they were silly. That's what I would like Wiley to do.
0: Yeah. And I completely get that too. I just, uh, I think at this point, I don't know, There's no obvious choice here, I think. Um, But, you know, I guess there's something to be said for kind of riding the hot hand, you know? And that was about as good a performance we've seen against a team that good in a very long time uh, from a Rice quarterback. So, um, as much as he has lost... The trust of, of I guess, coaches and fans in games past by having those big turnovers. I think he earned the opportunity this time. Like, yeah. No, sure. And really, and, and like, I, I think the opportunities he's gotten before, like, we keep hearing so much about how he, you know, he operates this offense at a PhD level. And, you know, he, he's so good. At, he had such a good offseason of practice and stuff like that. We So we've seen him earn it. During the week. And this time he earned this opportunity by playing incredibly on a Saturday. And that I I, I think that means a lot.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, in, in either way, we are we are going to learn
0: <laughs> one yeah, way or another. We um,
1: we've talked offense a lot. Um, I do want to talk a little bit uh, about the defense because, uh, you know, I <laughs> Rice has not had many games where they get to end a game in in victory formation. This was another game where it ended on a um, yeah. and and the uh, the so UAB chucks a ball up into the end zone, catches it, touchdown, uh, game over. Uh, a flag was thrown. If you've seen the play, it was a egregious egregious hold. Yeah, <laughs> like it was like not like oh you can't take a touchdown off the board. Uh, it was and the, the referees were. I I think they weren't my favorite today. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, like Pro Rice or Pro UAB, it was just like a performance where you're just like what do what is going on. Yeah. Um yeah. But yeah, but yeah, the defense uh so of course George Niahqual uh not in for this game and you're missing uh, a lot of key pieces. Uh, Kenneth Orgy is still out. Uh, Elijah Garcia is playing uh had a cast over his thumb. Uh De Carroll hadn't played a snap all season, and man, it would be nice to have him. Uh yeah, Gabe Taylor goes out, uh, career high, 10 tackles, has the force fumble, has the pass breakup on that final Harry Harry Mail, Harry Mary, Hail Mary, uh, Josh <laughs> Piercy, eight tackles, uh, one sack, um, and then We talked about him, I don't even know if it's on the podcast, but I mentioned it in practice notes last week. DJ Arkansas, finally back and healthy. His first uh, collegiate tackle was a sack
0: on a blitz. He has one tackle on the season, and it's a sack.
1: It was a... (laughs) We we talked a little bit about the offense, just making the plays that they needed to, the key plays. That that was this defense. They were very opportunistic Yeah. they had that stop on fourth down that you mentioned to uh, earlier. Uh, it, they just they did so many things right, and and the most impressive thing to me was in previous games, Rice has used a lot of exotic blitz combinations to get to the quarterback, and they they did blitz uh, against UAB, but the pressure that the front four or, or three and a half plus the rush end, however you want to call it, <laughs> yeah. the, the pressure the line was able to get. Without having to overload, uh, was was as good as we've seen this year, and that was that was the difference.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it it just makes so much difference when you when you can get pressure without having to bring extra guys because it just helps your coverage out so much. Um, yeah, no, it was just uh, very much. I, know, I, I guess I'll just echo what you're saying. Like, is very much a similar performance from the defense. as it was the offense is just like, you know, the overall averages may not look great, but like they made the plays when it mattered. And it was, it's so interesting to like, they were down all these starters and they have, but you, you hate that they've had to play so many guys, but it's incredible that they always seem to get, I mean, I guess not always. They, they didn't necessarily <laughs> last week, but they've gotten events so many times when they've had, someone has to step up and make a play that was not supposed to be playing. And they've had guys do that. Like it's, it's crazy how much they've had, how much turnover they've had to have, like from game to game in the middle of seasons lately. And they just keep finding guys.
1: Yeah. And the guys who are making plays uh, like Gabe Taylor and Josh Piercy were not supposed to be, I I quotes, air quotes, not supposed to be starting this year. They were both supposed to be backups behind other guys. And Uh, Peercy leads the
0: team in sacks.
1: Yeah, he's been phenomenal. Desmond Baker um, has been kind of injured and was kind of like a, he was in the mix. We weren't sure if he was going to start this year. Uh, A rotation guy with Myron Morrison earlier. Uh, He's number three in tackles. Miles McCord did not start this year, uh, earned his job back and has been playing well. Uh, Just had so many guys make big plays uh, that were in the deep, which is great because we said uh, every time we've done a recruiting kind of roundup, we said, man, this talent is really good. It's crazy.
0: And they have I just counted. They have 17 players that have made at least 10 tackles on the season. If you lower that to five tackles on the season, it's six seven it's 24 they have more than a two deep full of guys that have made at least five tackles yeah it's
1: it's crazy and, and however they did it and and i'm not like like you said that uab outgained rice uh the final numbers were 445 to 346 uh yards per play for uab 8.2 to rice's 4.9 wow
0: but it, well, yeah. and here's where time of possession is often not a very predictive stat. In this game, I think Rice. Uh, what was the final number like? Thirty-eight oh one. Yeah. So it, it mattered. Like what mattered? How Rice won this game? And here's again where the fourth downs come into play. They won the game because they just didn't give UAB that many possessions. Like, they they kept the ball away from them. And even though they were productive when they had it, they just didn't have it enough and in the key moments couldn't make the plays. And Rice was able to kind of burn the game away and put the pressure on them to produce every single time they had the ball. And while they were generally efficient on offense and pretty explosive as well, they just couldn't in the right mode. Like, they just couldn't, you know, punch it in a couple of times, and that made the difference. Yeah. And that's kind of a
1: that's a formula that, that we we've talked about the uh, the, the the words we we used were uh all right I used in some of my recap pieces were uh resilient and yep. but not consistent. <laughs> and that's the kind of the challenge going forward is we need to see this again. And to do, be able to do what they did against a, a UAB team that is going to rank at the top of just about every statistical cal- category, uh, definitely on defense, a lot of offensive statistics to um, have a good offense and, and scored points when they got the ball against Rice.
0: Uh, you got to do it again. And I'm just, just, just please like against a significantly worse team, a team that probably had the lame duck head coach and is on the verge of being eliminated for a bowl and probably is, like, I don't know, if there is a team that has has reason to just not really be emotionally invested in the rest of their season right now, it would be one like this North Texas team. So...
1: And and last year, <laughs> I'm not going to say it, it came down to two plays that North Texas won, but but last year, uh, Jalen Darden, who is playing in the NFL right now, Um, put a freshman defensive back one-on-one from the 15-yard line and just put him on skates and beat him. It's like, well, that stinks, but this is (laughs) a a guy in his second or third collegiate game against a guy going to the NFL. You're okay if you lose that matchup. Like, it's fine. He's not there anymore, um, one. And their other play that they – was the – what, the 72-yard? I think it was 72, 78. I don't know. It's etched in my my memory that yeah. the, the aerial the bean run yeah um, the big
0: bean run we called it yeah uh, yeah which, that player um, spent this past Saturday nearly upsetting Oklahoma yeah for college Kansas, football so he's done. no longer there yeah it's such a stupid sport I love it so much
1: <laughs> and we just talked an hour about ah uh, what does that say I don't want to know anyhow ah uh, yeah so Jason Bean is gone one uh, two their other quarterbacks are not that mobile so that's a good thing. Uh, but in that play again, that was a uh, a linebacker or a safety. I don't remember who it was getting caught up at the line of the scrimmage and and basically kind of not being where he was supposed to be or getting to the gap where he was supposed to be. Um, so one, you, one an NFL player beat you, and two, you weren't in the right position. Uh, those are things that are both correctable because you can be in the right position and the NFL player's gone. Um, and we've seen that you can do this now against. UIB. There are no more excuses.
0: <laughs> like like just like put up this level of play against a significantly worse team on Saturday and you will win handily and you will be two wins away from bowl eligibility. So just I please let's have a positive performance lead to another positive performance for once this season.
1: Yeah, and if they close it out, here's the just the, the wild thing. If they're able to do this, uh that'll put them at three and one. And in the conference standings, which that that sounds pretty good on paper. And then lo and behold, uh, UAB is off this weekend. Uh, That would put UAB at three and one. And on the off chance that I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter what happens. Rice will play them down the road. But if UTEP does not beat Florida Atlantic and pick up, I think, their second win ever in the eastern time zone, um, it could happen. But. I'm I'm high on UTEP. They look really good. We'll get there eventually. Um, but uh, UAB is not playing. If UTEP loses, Rice will be in second place in the West. And their only loss will be to a top 25 team, which I didn't realize this. Uh, the Massey ratings, which kind of are uh, like a composite of, I like, think, all the BCS ratings, that the, all the computer numbers that yeah. kind of get pulled together. Uh, the Massey ratings currently have UTSA as the highest rated team Rice has played this season.
0: Ah, that's fabulous i love it
1: i'm not saying that's like gospel but it is it is interesting
0: that that's uh, notable yeah
1: second place to a team that uh a lot of the numbers say is pretty darn good um and if you told me we could be there that rice could be there uh after where are we going into game eight again it i didn't want to get there this way but i would sign up for that
0: yeah so, uh, <laughs> uh, it's been a fun week, all things considered. Hopefully, we are just as happy. Hopefully, Rice continues its undefeated streak as a future member of the AAC next week against uh, another future fellow, fellow future AAC member in North Texas. Uh, but we'll be back next week to talk about that game, hopefully, in a happy way and not a sad one. Uh, but we'll see y'all then and Rice fight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.